Episode 2, Take It to the Max. What do we got this time? We got video on YouTube, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. Let's start to the podcast. Week 1 of college football. I mean, the we are so spoiled to get the backyard brawl, to get Ohio State, to get Clemson, Alabama, Georgia versus Oregon, Ohio State and Dame. Uh, the top four teams that I had previously mentioned all held to be true. Notre Dame is a pretender. We know that. Ohio State is the real deal. I don't think Georgia is as good as much as Oregon is bad. I mean, Oregon shouldn't even be top 25. They're, I don't know why they're rated so high. I don't know why it took them plus 17. Shouldn't be rated that high. Uh, but what a week one in college football. We saw SC State punter take the punt, run with it. As he gets to the first down yard line, he decides to punt it. We saw lots of fighting going on. Syracuse with a big win over Louisville. JMA Wireless Dome was rocking. Uh, love to see it. But most importantly, what do we have in two days? At 8 p.m. Eastern Time, we have the Buffalo Bills at the Los Angeles Rams. Week one, NFL. Going to come at you with some seven plays there. Um, but a team with the Buffalo Bills that was a coin flip away in overtime versus the Kansas City Chiefs, Chiefs in the divisional round. They could have been the Super Bowl versus the team that they're going to go up against on Thursday night. The Los Angeles Rams who won the Super Bowl. Buffalo Bills returning lots of guys. Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde to start off in the defensive side. Tredavious White should be back pretty soon. Stephon Diggs. Gabe Davis, who we saw absolutely light up the Chiefs in the playoffs. Uh, Dawson Knox is back. And how about Von Miller? Two-time Super Bowl champ. Not just one, now two with Matt Stafford and the Rams. Previously with Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos. Two-time Super Bowl champ. He joins the team, but he gets replaced on the other side of the ball. On the other side of the field. With the Los Angeles Rams, who go and get, oh, I don't know, have you ever heard of him? Bobby Wagner, Hall of Fame linebacker, who some stay, say isn't Elvis Prime yet. He's still got some years, especially with what we saw the Rams do to Von Miller. They are a team that can maximize everyone's potential. With Sean McVay, at the head of it. Um, they're a team who can take these out of prime older players and turn them into their old self, right? Odell Beckham Jr. with all of his injuries, two Super Bowl catches with the Los Angeles Rams to beat the Cincinnati Bengals. But what an opening week, opening day we have to NFL week one. I mentioned Syracuse's big win. We'll talk about that later, but let's get started with NFL uh, week one picks for the Bills, Rams, and the week one picks for, uh, let's see here. Okay, so if you look at the bottom of the screen, we got first play coming at you. Los Angeles Rams plus three versus the Buffalo Bills. Whenever the Rams, I'm going to give you guys some advice right now, whenever the Rams are underdogs as previous Super Bowl champs 
at home, even though there's some controversy of their home field advantage. Last year when the Pittsburgh Steelers went to Los Angeles Rams, when the Packers went there, when the Chargers would play there, every single game, even the Super Bowl maybe, the Rams were outnumbered in the crowd. So this team, yes, they're at home. Does a home field advantage help? for the Rams. Not as much as other teams. However, the Buffalo Bills who are in central New York where I'm right now, they are coming all the way from New York, switching one time zone through North Dakota, one time zone through Colorado, one time zone all the way to California. They have to go three different time zones just to play the Rams, this defending Super Bowl champs. And the Rams are getting three points. Are you kidding me? This is one of my favorite plays this week. Let's move on to the Colts minus seven at the Texans, possibly up there with the Giants and Falcons, uh, maybe the Bears, the worst team in the NFL. Davis Love as your quarterback, I'll cut him some slack. He has nothing to work with. Maybe Brandon Cooks, who is of his prime, who used to be on the Los Angeles Rams, who I just mentioned previously. Uh, the Houston Texans, if you're not a football fan, and a Houston Texans fan, I bet you can't name three players on that team. They are god-awful. I don't care if they're home or away versus a team that I'm very high on this year, a dark horse team who will win the division, who will beat the Tennessee Titans, a team that just acquired, I think they're missing piece. Carson Wentz was great for them. Um, they had some unfortunate series of events down the road that didn't lead them into winning the division gang in the playoffs as a wild card, especially losing to the Jags week 17. But the Colts who add, excuse me, week 18, the Colts who add Matt Ryan, former Super Bowl runner-up, former MVP, nickname Matty Ice, is fourth in the league in passing yards all time, who gets Michael Pittman, Jonathan Taylor, Quentin Nelson on that O-line, one of the best O-lines with Jonathan Taylor, with Michael Pittman. Um, Hines, their backup running back. I think this team, especially you go the defensive side with Darius Leonard leading it up front, um, sorry, in the middle at linebacker position, but then you look at DeForest Buckner, that D-line is really good. Um, Stephon Gilmore, they got some dudes on that team. I think seven points isn't enough. I know the NFL, you don't want to give a bunch of points to like we see in college football. If you look up above, we have plus minus 23, plus 17. You'll never see that in the NFL because there's lots of parity, right? There's always, especially in the in-division game with the Colts and Texans, you're not going to get a lot of points. But I don't think it's enough. I think the Colts wipe them. Love that play. Let's move on to number three, who some people say, and I talked about in my previous episode, had the best offseason. Acquiring guys like uh, Gardner Johnson, cornerback, who will get under your skin. This team is full of guys, A.J. Brown, who will get under your skin. The fact that they acquired A.J. Brown, one of the top young receivers in the league from the Tennessee Titans. The fact that they still have um, Fletcher Cox leading out front, Gardner Johnson, Jalen Hurts, another year under center, Devontae Smith, another year as wide receiver. This team is really, really, really good. And to only be minus four 
only underwhelming favorites versus a Lions team who there's a lot of hype on because Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks will do that to you, but we saw it with the Browns last year. I mean, it adds a lot more pressure, but it, it hypes you up your team a little bit more. Falsely, right? The Lions, who I don't, they had a great draft. They and Hutchinson, Gary Wilson. They had a great draft. Um, I don't know if it's enough, especially for these young players to come and take a key role on an NFL team in the FC North to bring this team up to what people think they will be. Sure, the Lions could end up shocking me, end up shocking the world. They could have a winning season. But with Jared Goff, who I like, who I think is above average, who I think is better than some people think, who was really good on the Rams and got canned for the team that he's now playing for, the Matt Stafford, which was an upgrade. Uh, Jared Goff is solid. They got some good receivers. I don't think they're good enough to stop the Eagles' dynamicness. They're, um, they're just star-studded, right? And the offense is going to be too much for the defense to handle. Eagles minus four. Love that play. Opening game. Eagles take week one. One to know. Number four, the Panthers who take the Browns' former quarterback, right? Baker Mayfield says explicit language towards his former team who dumped him for Deshaun Watson. He cannot wait to go into Cleveland. No, I'm sorry, it's at the Panthers, to face his former team and try and prove everyone wrong, including me. If you go on 410 Sports Podcast uh, with my co-host, Tyce Rewood and roommate, you will see and hear every single episode of me rip into Baker Mayfield. However, I think this team that's facing Jacoby Brissett, Amari Cooper, some other really good guys, I think uh, the Panthers, it, it all starts with the quarterback position. I'm going to take Baker Mayfield over Jacoby Brissett any day of the week. So give me Panthers minus two and a half. AFC East, showdown. New England Patriots. When was the last time the Patriots were dogs against the Dolphins? I get that the Dolphins added Tyreek Hill. He's really, really good. The Chiefs replaced him with Sky Moore. Sky Moore's really good. Um, the Dolphins to be minus three uh, with Tua. Under center, who do you trust more right now? Tua Tuga Viola or Mac Jones? Both Alabama guys. Ask yourself that. I'm taking Mac Jones any day of the week. I don't care who the Patriots lost, who they drafted. This, that, give me Bill Belichick 50 million weeks to prepare for this game. Give me Bill Belichick's preparation at least to cover three points. Upset alert, they could win at the Dolphins. Number six, my favorite play of the week. And I'm biased. Skull. Vikings, money line versus the Packers. So the Packers lost four four defensive players. Three that were starters. One that was hurt all year to Darius Smith, who's on the Vikings. Uh, Chandler Sullivan and two other guys. Right? They lost their top two wide receivers. If any team, no matter with Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, actually Tom Brady's different, Aaron Rodgers, if you lose your top two receivers and don't replace them, how? where's your offense coming from? I get they have a great two-headed monster in the backfield. I get that David Bakhtiari might play. The Packers, are gonna, you're going to see a significant drop-off with them this year, even with a great quarterback, one of the greatest quarterbacks. Uh, as Allen Lazard with their number one receiver, Dobbs, 
Christian Watson, who played five years at NDSU, I have a rule. If you play five years in college, especially in the FCS, not the FBS, I don't know how you're going to pan out in the league. He's a freak of nature. He's really good. I don't know how you're going to pan out if you're playing five years in college. Um, I don't trust him as a number one receiver. Vikings money line with their new head coach. Um, they just have too much value as a pick game. Actually, they're plus one versus the Packers. So, Kirk Cousins, come on, baby. Come on. You like that? Number seven, Denver Broncos, minus six and a half. One of the biggest storylines in week one, besides maybe the Bills and Rams. Uh, Russell Wilson returning home at Seattle. That's the big thing, at Seattle. Versus, I would put Seattle in the category of the Texans, of the Falcons, um, maybe the Giants, the Jets, as who will be one of, if not the, worst team. We don't even know, is Geno Smith going to be the quarterback? Is Drew Locke going to be their quarterback? That's not good. Um, I I mean, DK Metcalf, Rashad Payne, Tyler Lockett, they're okay. The Broncos star stud Jerry Judy. Cortland Sutton. Um, an improved O-line with two great running backs, arguably the best backfield in the league with Jamal Williams and Melvin Gordon. Uh, and I don't know the fourth best quarterback in the league, Russell Wilson, who's never, except for last year when injuries haunted him, has never had a losing season. Give me Broncos minus six and a half versus one of the worst teams. Okay. I want to move up the screen to college football week one. I mentioned it previously, but we didn't start off the week hot. Actually, we started off really bad. Chick-fil-A kickoff. Oregon plus 17.5 versus Georgia. That was a big whiff. Georgia is really good. Um, are they going to crack my top four teams? No. They're going to be five or six, and they could easily move up to 4-3-2 during the year. Alabama will stay at number one. Um, Georgia is really good. They just completely dominated that game from the start. Uh, Oregon with Bo Nix, who's a 15th year quarterback in college football at Auburn. And uh, that was a disaster. Two picks. Game wasn't close from the beginning. Stetson Bennett, Milkman, looked unbelievable from the start. Georgia's really good. They easily covered that game. That was a big mistake. Notre Dame. They're still pretenders. Don't get it mixed. They lost by 11 points, and they somehow stay in the game until the end. I don't get it. Um, this game should have been a blowout. Ohio State minus 16 should have covered. They didn't. Ohio State's really good. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba got hurt in the beginning. Uh, that wasn't good for their offense. Trayvon Henderson looked really good. CJ Stroud looked really good. Marvin Harrison Jr. looked really good. I could go on and on. That team is stacked. Notre Dame, Marcus Freeman, they start off. Uh, that year with a loss. Kentucky minus 15 versus Miami, Ohio. I didn't really get this line from the beginning, like I said last week. Uh, Kentucky with Will Levis um, as 15-point favorites to an FCS school. Didn't get that. That was free money. Uh, number four, Syracuse, plus five versus Louisville. I bet the money line, too, because Syracuse... Um biased here of course they looked like the best team in college football sorry sorry they looked like 
the best team that performed as underdogs and where the AP poll were big game boomer, where ESPN were all of these huge media websites and companies had Syracuse ranked below UNC, who almost lost to Appalachian State, versus Virginia Tech, who lost to Old Dominion. Do you? I mean, Old Dominion. They beat VTech. Um, you have Syracuse ranked below these teams, and Garrett Schrader, who had the highest PFF college football rating of week one, threw for 200-some yards, ran for 100 yards, looked unbelievable versus Louisville. But the main thing about this Syracuse game and about this team that looks different than last year, they have a lot of guys returning. They have a lot of defensive stars returning that will get drafted. They have Sean Tucker, the best, yes, better than B. John Robinson, the best running back in the nation. They have all these guys returning. Why did this team look so much better this year, this game, Saturday night at JMA Wireless Dome. Why did they look so much better than last year? Well, offensive coordinator Robert Ane, who came from University of Virginia. Uh, University of Virginia was the third ranked offense in the FBS PFF last year. So you're stealing uh, offensive coordinator who led a team that was the third-ranked offense in all of college football last year. And you're bringing him to Syracuse with Garrett Schrader and Sean Tucker with that defense. Plus five was a ridiculous line for this game. I know I'm biased. I know that I know this team as well as almost anyone. But to be plus five versus Louisville, who are core defensive five guys, Garrett Williams, Deuce Chestnut, Marlo Wax, who won ACC, uh, linebacker of the week. Sean Tucker won ACC running back of the week. Um, Michael Jones, who had some huge, a huge goal line stop and a huge sack on Lee Cunningham. Uh, and Garrett Williams sealed the game with a top 10 ESPN play interception in the end zone when we were up 17 to 7 in the third quarter. Made Malik, um, Cunningham look like a below average quarterback um this game wasn't close from the beginning these five guys with stefan thompson uh prayers go out to you he suffered a season-ending injury which will really hurt the team stud player um can't wait to see him back next year but that one that one's gonna really hurt um made louisville and malik cunningham who people were really high on uh look really bad Arkansas minus six and a half versus Cincinnati. I told you Cincinnati's losses last year, three got four guys going to the NFL and high draft picks uh, weren't replaced. And Arkansas with KJ Jefferson looks really, really good. They're going to be a really good team in the SEC. The SEC is absolutely loaded, including number six, University of Florida, who pounded just um, with Anthony Richardson, who is the surprise quarterback of the SEC last week. Uh, Anthony Richardson looked really, really good. Uh, they go on to beat Utah with a goal line interception to seal that game. Plus three, that was a sweat, but we did it. And then last night, Clemson minus 23 on prime time versus Georgia Tech. Clemson let Georgia Tech hang, hang around a little bit. But in the end, when it really mattered, DJ, I won't pronounce his last name, and the number one high school recruit quarterback 
in the nation came in and tore it apart the second half. That defense, Clemson's defense, is so good. Um, what'd we do? Five and two, seventy-one percent. That's elite. Seventy-one percent. Can we do it week two? In my max seven place, week two, starting off Louisville plus six and a half at UCF. Don't get me wrong, Louisville performed really poorly versus Syracuse, but they will not repeat that performance. Malik Cunningham won't play that bad at UCF, who isn't even a Power Five school. UCF is overrated. Louisville getting six points here. You could play it up to seven with worse odds. Is the play Notre Dame going to come back? I know I, um, I throw a lot of shade at Notre Dame this year, but minus twenty and a half versus Marshall. Who the last player to come out Marshall was Randy Moss, um, which was years ago. And Marshall is not a football school; they're not a basketball school. I don't know them academically. Uh, Notre Dame's going to rip them a new one. Uh, Notre Dame minus twenty and a half lock here. Number three, Colorado, who got embarrassed by TCU. But TCU is a really good team. TCU is a team that could win the Big 12. Um, But Colorado plus 17 at Air Force. Air Force isn't a football school. They're not a basketball school. Colorado isn't either. But uh, give me a Power 5 school that's 17-point dogs at Air Force Academy. Uh, number four, Kentucky. I'm going to keep riding with them. Will Levis, that offense. Kentucky plus four and a half at University of Florida. University of Florida is a good team, but they're on cloud nine right now. Uh, beating Utah in the last second victory. Um, they're on cloud nine right now. Kentucky plus four and a half. Upset alert here. They could win this game in the swamp. Number five, USC, who is still my top four favorite team. Sorry, top four best team in the nation. At Stanford, under 67.5 points. Now, these defenses aren't terrible. I don't know why the line is 67. I looked into it. Uh, It's because these offenses are very high scoring. But in a rivalry game, in a Pac-12 in-conference game, for a line to be at 67.5 is absurd. Take the under here. Way too much value there. Boston College at VTech. Both these teams are awful, but maybe their defenses are so bad that it will go over 45.5 points, which is not a lot in college football. It's not a lot in the NFL. Over 45.5 points, these Boston College and VTech, I saw their offenses last year. They're not terrible. They didn't lose many guys. It's going over 45.5 points. Favorite pick of the week in college football, week two, back seven plays. Baylor plus three and a half at BYU. Baylor's my favorite up there with uh, TCU to win the Big 12. Plus three and a half versus a pretender team. BYU, who lost their quarterback two years ago, um, Zach Wilson, and I can't name a player on BYU. Um, Baylor is a really good team. They were ranked top eight in the nation last year. They won their bowl game. They're really, really good. They're really good defensively. Plus three and a half, take the money line. Uh, so these are, uh, let's see, these are my picks, college football week two, NFL week one, and college football week one, we rocked it. Besides the big two games, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Georgia, Oregon, besides those two losses, was successful week one.
I can't wait to get into week two. Um, so I just covered my picks for those games. I love them. They're awesome. I want to, before we move on, I want to talk a little bit more about the Vikings and Packers. For the teams that think the Packers are going to be in the Super Bowl, I'm really sorry. For the teams that bet the Packers to be to win the NFC North, I'm really, really sorry. Because with the Vikings, who were barely below 500, who 14 of their 17 games last year were decided in one possession games, the most in, I think, NFL history, with a new coach who actually likes his players, Kevin O'Connell, from what we're hearing. He's no Mike Zimmer, who craps on every player, who has the worst attitude in the NFL. He's out of there. Get out. New offensive coordinator, right? New defensive coordinator. Whole new team. Clean slate. Everything except for the position where you really need stability. And we see it with all these top-heavy teams. We see it with the Rams. We see it with the Bengals. We see it with the Bills. We see it with the Chiefs. We see it with the whole AFC West. We see it with the whole... NFC West, the Packers for a good year and then you're out. You need a good quarterback, right? And you need stability. You can't be fluctuating. The why are the Giants or sorry, why are the Jets? Why are the Jags? Why are why are the Texans um so inconsistent these last couple years or last decade? Quarterback position, head coach position. No stability. They don't have a franchise quarterback. Kirk Cousins, who I don't think is a top 15 quarterback in the league, but is good enough to win them games. He took them to the playoffs one out of three years. Um, this is his year. He's had He's been in the league for 10 plus years. Um, he's been to the playoffs a couple times. He can never win the big game. Can he do it this year? With Justin Jefferson, with Delvin Cook, with Alexander Madison, with De- with Adam Thielen, with KJ Osborne, with Jalen Rieger, this Irv Smith, a new and improved O line, with Christian Darisaw, who could be a great left tackle, um, Ezra Cleveland, Brian O'Neill, where he's at a center position, uh, with new defensive players, with Lewisine, Cam Bynum, Jordan Hicks, Adaria Smith, Harrison Phillips, Patrick Pearson. And Harrison Smith kind of being the leaders, captains, uh, veteran leadership presence that we need on that defensive side. The Packers do not go into Minnesota, do not go into U.S. Bank Stadium and win week one. And if they do, I will come on the next day to this podcast and tell everyone how wrong I was. I just don't see it. I'm very biased, but. I don't see it. I think the Vikings have way too much value as one-point underdogs in this game. Um, yeah, let's move on to some what the original plan of this podcast to be. Um, worked at a golf course, taught junior golf lessons. What the original plan of this show to be was to be about professional golf. There's lots of news going on here. I don't know how much of an audience I'll have if I'm golf oriented and not betting and college football and NFL and NBA oriented. But I think it's very intriguing what we have going on. So everyone is freaking out about the live live golf, who is a Saudi funded league. 
Um, it's not a league. It's an exhibition. Um, it's sad. The fans there, I mean, they play music during the events. They uh, go to these weird courses. They play 54 holes, so it's not a championship-style golf tournament. Um, and they're just acquiring guys by paying them so much money. Cam Smith, Joaquin Neiman, Harold Varner, Mark Leishman, Mark Leishman to live golf. You look at those four players, and only two of them are in the top 30 official world golf rankings. Cameron Smith is number two. Joaquin Neiman is number 19. I look at the players one through 30 in the OWGR, right? Sky Scheffler, Cameron Smith, Rory McIlroy, Patrick Cantley, Xander Shoffley, John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Colin Markow, Will Zalatoris, who Will Zalatoris finally did it on tour. The most talented player on tour who hasn't won, but he finally did it in a big time spot in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, in the FedEx Cup playoffs. But he got his win. Um, these guys that I'm listing off are the face of golf. They're the face of the PGA Tour. And they've came out and said with Will Fitzpatrick, or sorry, Matt Fitzpatrick, Victor Hovland, Sam Burns, Jordan Smith, Tony Finau, Billy Horschel, Hideki Matsuyama, who is committed to the BGA Tour with Cameron Young, who's also a young stud up there with um, Will Zalatoris, Sung J.M., Max Homa, John Kim, uh, Shane Lowry, Abraham Anser, who is now gone too. Um, the Live Golf has these guys that are all out of their prime. Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau never really had a career. He won a major. Uh, he won maybe one or two golf tournaments. You could say he's in his prime because he's so young, but he never found a spot in the PGA Tour besides winning the 2019 U.S. Open or 2020 U.S. Open. Um, Dustin Johnson, who hasn't won a major since the 2021 Masters. Brooks Kepka, who hasn't won a major since the 2018 PGA Championship, I believe. Um, Phil Mickelson has been long gone besides his uh, fluke major against Brooks Kepka in the 2020 PGA Championship. Um, Cam Smith is, really hurts. Cam Smith is the second best player in the world. I'd put him at three or four behind Scheffler, Roy McElroy. But these guys that they're acquiring... Young talent, yes. Mark Leishman is older um, to live golf. It's sad to see. What's not sad to see is the guys like Tiger and Rory and Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas, who are the face of the PGA Tour, coming out and improving it, right? Coming out with the new schedule so it's not as hard on the players as the old schedule was. But PGA Tour, I think, is in a good spot. If people keep taking this money and keep announcing, it could get in a sticky situation. But for now, PGA Tour is still going to run the golf game. And for now, we're done with golf season. I was a little bit too late on the ball. But NFL, college football, week one, I gave you my picks. Let's have another great week two in college football, and let's start off strong in the NFL. Man! What a time to be alive. This is awesome. Episode two. Take into the max sports podcast. Now on YouTube, 
Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We're out.